So today we'll be discussing some key considerations that people have when approaching retirement. And these include downsizing and selling the family home, wills, powers of attorney and volunteering and paid work. Now let's talk about downsizing and selling the family home. Yep. Now there's some traps for new players, aren't there? Well, the, the main thing is actually there is a real benefit. There, there is a very generous Centrelink rule when it comes to downsizing and selling the family home. And what I should say, first off, is that this is a very handy time to make an appointment for the financial information service. Selling and downsizing, potentially releasing a whole lot of capital you didn't have beforehand, is a great reason to make an appointment with your local fees officer because we can help you. What to do with the money, uh, what the effect of your pension's going to be, how to invest it, those sorts of questions. So highly recommend making an appointment with us when you're facing that. But the generous rule that exists is this idea that I sold but I actually don't know where I'm going to buy. I haven't worked out exactly where I'm going to be living. Now, I live on the northern beaches of Sydney. I if I sell a property, I'm going to get a large amount of money, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be able to or want to buy into the northern beaches of Sydney. Mm. So I want to move somewhere else, and I actually don't know where it is. The department gives you 12 months to look for a new home. And during that 12-month period of time, and this is complicated, so you've got to listen, the money that you receive from the sale of your home that you plan on using to spend on your new home is not counted as an asset for Centrelink for 12 months. So if I sell for $1 million and I plan on spending $700,000 on my new place, we don't count the $700,000 as an asset, only the $300,000 that I think I'm going to have left over afterwards. Now, if in the end, after the 12-month period of time, I only spent six hundred and fifty, dollars that's fine. It's not a problem. We don't come back and say, oh, look, you didn't tell us the truth because... Yeah. Well, face it, you're just guessing. Yeah. But you've got that period of time where you can actually look. You can try different places. You can rent in a couple of suburbs and try different areas around the country to find out where you want to live. So the asset doesn't count, but the income does. So although we're not going to count in that example the $700,000 asset, we are going to deem the interest on the whole $1 million. Oh, okay. And it might be that my pension isn't affected because of the asset, but my pension may well be affected because of the interest that I'm generating. Yeah. Okay, and your key advice, just repeating it, is talk to a physio. Although I don't give advice, what I would say is yes. That's a very yeah. good recommendation, talk to financial information <laughs> service right. officer. And of course, that, that gets to the heart of what is a physio. Mm. Uh, you're not a financial advisor, correct. are you? That's absolutely correct. None of us are licensed as financial planners or advisors. We are just there to provide an independent information for people. So we're there to help. That's all we're there for is there to help. Okay. So it's a lot of fun and a great job to do that, to just be there and help people understand and make sense of the issues that they're potentially facing. Great. Now let's talk about wills and power of attorney. Um, they're also important oh, at this vital. stage of life. Absolutely vital. At any stage. Certainly... If I've got a home, I've got kids, I should have a will and I should have a power of attorney. This is not something that I only need to worry about when I'm in my 60s. I'm, if I'm 30, I should have that. Because unfortunately, things happen to people at any stage of life. And if I don't have a will of a power of attorney, I'm not prepared for when those sorts of things occur. Okay, so they're for two very different circumstances. Uh, power of attorney is authorising another person, third party or a group of people, to look after your circumstances when you're not physically able to do it yourself. You might be 
uh, overseas, you might be inca uh, incapable uh, in a nursing home, in hospital. You're giving another person the power to make financial decisions on your behalf. And without that power of attorney, nobody can make those decisions. They can't change bank accounts. They can't pay bills. They're very stuck in how they can help or what they can do for you when you're not able to make those decisions or authorise them to do that. A will, being a very different thing, is telling the world, if you like, how you want your estate or what you own to be dealt with when you pass away. And now that's important because if you don't have a will, you're what's described as intestate, a person that hasn't told anybody what they want to do. And government organisations uh, called public trustee or in New South Wales, for example, it's the New South Wales trustee and guardian, they then make that decision for you. Now, if you're a pretty straightforward arrangement with uh, partner and children, then that won't be really complicated and that should be all right. But if you've got more complicated family arrangements with potential de facto relationships or multiple wives from previous relationships, it's a pretty safe bet that they won't actually do what you want them to do. The, the public trustee won't recognise or distribute your, your assets in the way you want them to be done. So if you want to make sure your money goes where you want your money to go, you need to have a will, you need to have a well-worded, you need to have it done properly so that uh, your wishes can be respected when you pass away. Basically, it's in the family's interest for you to do this as well. Yeah, absolutely. What happens if you're living in a granny flat on one child's land, but the other one has power of attorney? Yeah, so what this brings up is one of the fundamental problems that do occur. And as good as your family is, there's nothing like shoving a whole lot of money in the middle there to make sure it explodes and bad things happen. Uh, and so what you've got in that circumstance is that you've got your, a, a sibling responsible for paying or arranging money to their brother or sister. Now, sometimes that can work fine, but sometimes that can be absolutely horrendous. And when you're setting up these sort of power of attorney arrangements or doing these sort of grand flat arrangements where large lump sums are being moved between siblings and mum and dad, it can really cause damage. Uh, so you've got to make sure that you're protecting yourself and I think also protecting the family to make sure that certainly once you're gone, brothers and sisters are able to talk to each other and still have a decent relationship with each other. The only solution that I've really come up with is talk about it first. Everybody sits down, the whole family gets together and everybody sits down and talks through what mum and dad are trying to achieve first, up front, done, so that there's no confusion, no misunderstanding, and the family is hopefully protected that way. Mm. So clear and open communication is yeah. the key. Yeah, I've unfortunately had too many people that decided that the kids didn't need to know and they're going to leave this little big surprise of one child's going to get more than another child and we'll just let them deal with that when I'm gone. And it's just unfair. It's unfair yeah. for the kids. It's unfair for well, everybody, really. So upfront, clear is generally going to be the best way to go. Great. Volunteering versus paid work. Yep. Why is this an issue and what do people need to know? Well, normally if you're just a straight-out volunteer, it's not an issue and the department doesn't need to know. Uh, it's fine. If I'm on an age pension and I'm working for the Salvation Army or working at a zoo, for example, as a volunteer, that's great. Enjoy yourself. The department doesn't need to know. And in fact, we commend you for yes, it. Yes, still yeah. being involved and still being uh, and contributing is great, right. fantastic, and a lot of retirees are doing it. But the issue is sometimes you actually get some payment when you're doing that. 
Uh, and it's not because you're getting paid for the work, but you might be paid for lunches or you might be reimbursed for travel or something along those lines. So now I'm actually receiving some form of potential income. And is that an issue for the department? So first thing would be the best way to find out is to talk to us. So if that starts happening, get in contact with the department, tell them, and the rules are within 14 days, so tell them within 14 days that that money's starting to come through and so that we can work through with you whether that's going to be an impact. Now, in most cases, if it's just for reimbursement of payments that you might have made to do it, there won't be an issue. That's fine. But there are circumstances where it could cause an impact. So best thing to do is talk to us first, uh, not afterwards. Talk to us first so that you can work it all through and we know exactly what's going on. And, of course, this raises the issue of the importance of letting us know about your changes of circumstances. Yes. Life gets busy, yep. but it's important to let us know, doesn't yeah. it, isn't it? And it's not just that life gets busy. There is a, a myth out there that we know. I mean, it's a huge myth. A lot of people expect us to know. There's an underlying thought process that with my human services computer, I can hit Alt-Tab and call up your St George bank account or whatever it might be, and I know the balances. And that just is not the case. We do not and cannot do that. Uh, so we don't know that your certain circumstances have changed. We don't know that your bank balance has reduced or gone up. We don't know that you sold and you're buying somewhere new. It's up to you as a recipient of a payment as part of your obligation to keep us informed of those changes. And as I said before, that's a 14 days. Mm -hmm. So you know if you're a recipient of a payment and you tell us within 14 days, you're safe. You've covered your bases. You let us know everything. Whatever happens, you're fine. It's when you don't tell us within the 14 days and they'll potentially have issues of either missing out on money that you might have otherwise been eligible for or us asking for money back because you've got money you shouldn't have received. And that'll all happen if you don't notify us within that 14-day window. And what's the best way to notify the department? Well, the best and easiest way is actually a register for MyGov and our online services. And once you've done that, you can use the app. And through that, you can tell us of so many different ways or so many different parts of your circumstances that have changed. So, for example, uh, I heard a change in my bank account. Now, in the past, people used to write letters or ring up to say that, but you can actually use MyGov to tell us of that change. Now, if it's a big change, like $100,000 change, then we are actually going to want to know more details. So sure. we're going to get in contact with you. But if it's something small, a couple of thousand dollars worth of change, you can do that and it will be accepted. So you are now changing your human services record yourself. Your payments will be altered based on the information that you are directly putting in. And we're not involved. It's just going straight from you to your record. And, and it just happens within minutes, within seconds. So yeah. it's a great way to do it. So, Justin, you can do your business with us in the palm of your hand. Absolutely. No need to wait in queues. Justin, thank you very much for your time today and the useful information that you've provided us. Thanks, Hank. Remember, there are physios just like Justin in every state and they're available by phone or appointment. For a list of phys seminars in your local area, go to humanservices.gov.au forward slash phys. Don't forget to like and follow my official account and our new seniors update on Facebook and Twitter to keep up to date.